in all seriousness, you kind of have to run through 735 kilometers that first week and the second week and the third week and the fourth week and the fifth week. And if you really think about that, like, is there anything that you can do outside of seeing a psychologist and get things sorted up, up upstairs? That was Dave Proctor. And this is episode 83 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Today, we welcome Dave Proctor back to the show. Dave is a Canadian ultra running machine from Okotoks, Alberta. He will be starting his second attempt at breaking the Trans-Canadian speed record on May 15th with the goal of traveling from one end of the country to the other in 66 days by running an average of 105 kilometers per day. We first had Dave on the show in episode 13 where we talked about the Outrun Rare campaign and his first attempt at breaking the record that ended halfway across the country in Winnipeg, Manitoba in 2018. In this episode, we discuss what Dave learned the first time around, what will be different about this run, how he prepared for it, and what he is most excited to experience. We are super excited to follow along as Dave progresses along his epic adventure, and we hope this episode will excite you too. Let's move on to our conversation with Dave. Hey Dave, welcome back to our podcast. It's great to have you on the show again. Yeah, thanks for having me guys. We're just going to jump right in there and hear all about uh, your run across Canada here in, in a minute. But for those of you who don't know who Dave Proctor is, he was on our show in episode 13. If you want to go back and listen to learn all the details. But Dave, if you can just give us, you know, a bit of a, a summary as to who you are, where you live, what you do. Yeah. Hey, so um, yeah, name's Dave Proctor. I live in Oaktokes, Alberta. I'm 41 years old. I've been running ultra marathons for, I think this is 17 years now. You know, I started running ultra marathons years and years and years ago because I, I, I heard about ultra marathons and people running 100 miles, and I didn't think that, that was humanly possible. And I wanted to go in and see for myself. And ever since the first go, I've been kind of addicted. I, I, I love this thing. Yeah, I've got three kids, a 16-year-old, 13-year-old, and an 11-year-old, uh, girl, boy, girl. I've got numerous Canadian ultra running records. Um, I think that the biggest thing that I've done in my running career was attempt to break the Trans-Canadian speed record back in 2018, which I spoke a lot about during the last uh, last time we talked, during the last podcast. But I only, you know, I got about halfway. And so... You know, it's a lot of unfinished business. A lot of has happened in between 2018 and now being 2022. In 2020, I was supposed to run across the country again, uh, but that did not come to fruition because of that thing called COVID that it seemed to affect us all a lot more than we ever thought it was going to at the beginning. And then, you know, 2021 was, it was, it was COVID again, right? Um, You know, we thought that we could still plan it and do it, but then provinces locked down and we couldn't. And so, you know, with it only being two weeks away from now, yeah, there could be, I don't know, a zombie apocalypse or something. But, you know, if it doesn't, you know, I'm healthy. I've got a good mindset about me right now. And yeah, I'm four years older, but I feel just as 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 capable of, of breaking this trans-Canadian speed record. 
Well, that's that's awesome. Uh, two weeks from now, you're going to try again. So before we get into the, the details about this, this second attempt and how you're going to approach it, can you just kind of review for us what the current speed record is for running across Canada? Who holds it and how long has it been standing? Yeah, so it's it's not a really well-known record, which is really stupid because it's really hard. Um, and any runner who runs 5k races or just goes out for morning jogs or the most seasoned ultra runners should know of this record because it's that outstanding. Um, Al Howie back in 1991, just a Canadian ultra running legend, you know, a little bit off his rocker. He had to be to kind of do something like this fueled by beer with his, you know, with his sponsorship with Labatt's Brewing Company. Uh, ran across Canada in 72 days and 10 hours. Um, it sounds like 72 days is a long time, but that's running 100 kilometers a day every day for 72 days in a row. It's it's truly spectacular, you know, his consistency and his ability to show up. You know, Al is a running legend. He's a, he's a hero of mine. Um, it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, in St. John's, I'm going to be, you know, standing at the same place that he started. And Terry Fox okay. and, and Steve Hanyu and all that and the such. And, and, and you know, making an attempt at, at something like that. It seems pretty prolific, but it seems like it's a, it's a life worth, li- worth living. So you mentioned Al Howie holds the record. He went east to west. He went from St. John's. Yeah. And I, I do know when you attempted it back in 2018, you started west and, and went east. Is that right? Right, right, right. But then this time you're going to do what Al Howie did. So, so talk to us about your thinking behind what direction to go. Yeah. So last time in 2018, I thought that I was so smart and that everybody else was starting off in the East and they ran West and that the prevailing winds across Canada come from the West. You know, we all think that as being prairie people, you know, I think that living in Alberta, but, you know, typically when you really look at it, you know, the prevailing winds seem to scatter. The prairies, yeah, it's definitely coming from west to east. But all over the country, it's kind of 60% uh, from west to east. So it's really not that prolific. And I, a lot of my friends who have run across countries and, and things of this such, you know, they all told me, brace yourself for the first week. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought anything of that. I thought you know, the eighth week is going to be held a lot harder than the, than the first week. <laughs> no, no, the first week sucks like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And so, you know, you're, you're really just not broken in. You're not ready for what this is. And so, yeah, I started off on the West coast last time and on day two and day three, I ran the Coca-Cola highway, the, the monster climbs. So I ran the Canadian Rockies within the first week and, oh. and that's no way to start while you're warming up, if you want to call it that, what do you, what are you thinking running the Canadian Rockies? One of my friends put it nicely. He said, Dave, you're probably going to lose about 30, 35 pounds. And wouldn't it be better to kind of hit the Rockies at that point when you're like, super <laughs> light and you can run hills? I'm like, that's a really good point. So how that do you argue that? is such a good point. But I can also see your thinking in like, I'll, I'll get that out of the way while I'm feeling the freshest too. So, I mean, totally. is there really a wrong way to run across Canada? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And so when you, but when you think about it, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know what the right route is. I live here in Calgary. So, you know, a lot of it is I'm thinking, hey, I'm, I'm running home. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's true. You'll be running closer to. Yeah. I still have 10 days to run and, you know, and then you're kind of finishing things up, but you're, you're basically just running home. Um, You know, like I was, you know, saying to a friend, I said, you know, I'm running 240 to, to 280 kilometers a week in order to get ready for this thing. And that sounds like a lot of training. But in all seriousness, you kind of have to run through 735 kilometers that first week and the second week yeah. and the third week yeah. and the fourth week and the fifth week. And, and so oh my God. if you really think about that, like, is there anything that you can do outside of seeing a psychologist and getting <laughs> mentally prepared, which is you know, no, no kidding. Like I'm seeing yeah. physiotherapists, yeah. you know, massage therapists, acupuncturists, and I've got a sports psychologist and by far the most beneficial thing that any athlete could do is go see a, a, a sports psychologist, mm-hmm. like get things mm-hmm. sorted up, up upstairs. So yeah, no, seriously, like, you know, is there any type of training that you could do to prepare yourself? I, 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 I don't think that there is outside of just starting. Okay. So we definitely want to talk a little bit more about your preparation this time, especially as opposed to last time. But I want to go back to what Carolyn said, actually, is there any wrong way to run across Canada? So you also mentioned noting weather patterns of the entire continent in, in the process. What run does somebody ever have to check continental weather patterns rather than just, Oh, it's going to rain today and it's going to be two degrees colder than I'd like. Like this is serious business. But then we were actually chatting as we started, as we were preparing a little bit for this, Carolyn and I, and I was thinking, okay, you want to set the fastest time across Canada, which, you know, in any even hundred miler, we know that the most direct route is not always the fastest route because you have elevation and you have heat right. and you have all these different things, right? So as you chose your route, did you choose the most direct, like, are you intentionally staying on the same route that Al How or that Howie did? Or are you choosing a route that may be a little longer, but flatter? I'm just wondering what your thought process was there. Yeah, you know, it, it is essentially the same route. I'm I'm not going and getting the Guinness Book of World Records to ratify this because this is for me. This isn't for anybody else. This is for me. And hey, when I break the speed record, I know that I broke it. I'm, yeah, I'm going to have you know my coros recording all the GPS. I'm going to have a Garmin Inroads recording all GPS. If anybody comes back and says, hey, you cheated, I'm going to have data there. You know, Guinness World Records says that as long as you start on the east side of where the city hall in St. John's is, and you finish on the West side of, and it's funny, you know, I talked to them many times back in 2018 and they said, Oh, Vancouver. I'm like, no, 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 it's Victoria. And they're like, no, it's Vancouver. I'm like, I'm not going to argue like, you know, what's going on in Sweden with, with somebody from Sweden. They know their country. Right. But as long as you start and stop there, you're cool. And there is more direct routes, but you know, we have a pretty prolific trans Canadian uh, highway that I want to stick to as much as I possibly can, because that's the same route that Al, Al Howie took. You know, since Al Howie did in 1991, the Coquilla Highway was was created. It's a bit shorter, but it's a lot hillier. And, but it's a lot safer as well too, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Like anybody who's cycling across the country and you hear about people getting hit and, and dying, it's in the Fraser Valley along the Transcanda Highway. Mm. It's so windy in through there. And even myself, when I drive, I hug corners, not expecting to see a runner or a cyclist on the road. And that's how people die. And so, you know, safety first, it is a wee bit shorter. I think it's like, I don't know, like 35 kilometers shorter. But it's got two monster climbs in there that that you don't have in the Fraser Valley. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's go to where you, you said, you know, um, you're doing this one differently, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, so I'd like to talk about all of that, you know, your goals for this, this time, your approach to it. So first off, you know, what's just, what's different about this time versus last time for you? Yeah. Uh, everything. Um, so <laughs> number one is back in 2018, you know, I founded you know, a charity called Outrun Rare. And our mandate at that time was to act as a third party fundraiser to raise a boatload of money and create a lot of awareness to develop an advocacy campaign, a federal advocacy campaign in, in Ottawa for families living with rare disease. You know, I'll be honest with you, I've always wanted to run across the country in record time. And as well, too, I've been touched by rare disease in my, my family. My, my middle son, now 13, uh, has a rare disease. And so, you know, I was privy and very, very, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that rare disease is, is very much overlooked within our, our medical systems. And we're the only developed country in the world without a rare disease strategy or an orphan drug plan. And so, you know, I felt growing up that I saw Terry Fox doing this amazing stuff and cancer was never, ever underfunded. Some would argue mm-hmm. you can't fund it enough, but he did an incredible thing. And I think that when, you know, people go out and I hate to say it, but light themselves on fire in the middle of the Trans-Canada Highway, you know, and doing something like, like Terry was doing, people stop and pay attention. You can't just have a bake sale. You can't just have a car wash. And so, you know, we did an incredible thing. We raised a lot of money back in 2018. And unfortunately, I didn't even get halfway. So just imagine what we could have done if if I was successful. But, you know, a lot has changed since. And, and there are have been relationships that have been damaged. There have been some hurt feelings. There have been, there have been a lot of things, but there's also been a lot of coming to grips with, you know, yourself um, and personal growth and on and so forth. And, you know, this time around in 2022, I'm, I'm not doing, you know, this run for any one charity. It's not that I don't care about charitable giving. It's not any of that, you know, at the very beginning, at the crux of, of all of this, in 2018. And I know it doesn't really make a lot of sense because, you know, I have numerous Canadian ultra running records and people seem to to see me as being a very, very confident person that has a, an incredible amount of self-worth. Um, I have a very, very, very low amount of self-worth. To be honest with you, I don't think I really even thought that I was worthy of such a goal uh, of running across the country. So in its place, you go and create a charity. And, you know, it's not my needs anymore. It's no, no, it's the needs of all these families living with rare disease. And how do you argue that? Once you start feeling a little bit more uncomfortable about this is Dave's run instead of this is Outrun Rare, because I did not want my name on it. It was just Outrun Rare. I got even more uncomfortable with it. So then I made it bigger and I made it bigger and I made it bigger and I made it so big that you know, out, out on the highway in 2018, it was impossible. Uh, you can't have a national awareness campaign and do all of these things and break a trans-Canadian speed record at the same time. You just simply can't. No. So, you know, it's there's been a lot of soul searching since. And I'm really proud of myself that I've gotten to a place where, you know, I feel like I am worth this. And, and this goal is worthy of my time and my effort. And, and I can do hard things in this. I can do for myself out there. And, 
you know, I know when times get tough and, and you guys run as well too. You, you, you know, that this is a, this is a hard damn sport. <laughs> and when things get really hard, you're left with wondering, can I really do this? And am I worth, am I worthy of my own suffering? And I've gotten to a place that I, yes, I damn well am worthy of my own suffering and hold my beer and watch this. So yeah, it's a, that's sorry, That's a long answer. Yeah. You know, I want to do this and I'm going to get it done for me. You dropped that phrase or somebody dropped that phrase on your own podcast, Chasing, Chasing Tomorrow podcast, not long ago. Are you worthy of your own suffering? And mm-hmm. it's been rattling in my brain ever since. Ah. Like, just yeah. think about that uh, yeah. for a it's moment. A, it's a Victor Frankl quote in Man's Search for Meaning. And right. it's, it's my favorite book. I've read it three times. And, and the last time I read it, well, I was listening to it the last time I read it uh, on a long run. And, it, and when he brought that piece up, you know, that his greatest fear was that he was, that he would become aware that he wasn't worthy of his own suffering. You know, it, it made me stop and I broke into tears and I was thinking, shit. When Viktor Frankl talks about surviving the Holocaust, you know, I think that we could all just sit back and go, hey, I don't have anything to complain about, which is very true, right? I, I don't think anybody would disagree with me, but it's, it's, it's prolific stuff because there's suffering everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we all suffer in our own way. And ultimately, are we worthy of our own suffering? And the moment that you feel like you're not worthy of your own suffering, you quit. You give up. Or you take on, like you were, you were saying before, like you didn't feel worthy, like your own self-worth wasn't big enough. So you had to go create this other thing. And, and that took the attention off of you and made it feel like, okay, this is a worthwhile endeavor. And so right. what I would love to know is... How, like what sort of practically did you do in the last four years to finally be able to stand up and say, I'm doing this for me because I have a desire to run across Canada as fast as anyone has ever done? I think a lot of things, um, you know, and not to get too, too personal because, you know, I, I've exited marriage as well too in the last mm. couple of years. And, and that was a really big thing for me. Mm. Um, and I won't, I don't really want to you know, get into the details on that stuff. But ultimately, if you could put everything into a nutshell, it was that I eliminated all the things that I could hide behind. And, you know, now this run across Canada, for me is me standing there very, very visible and vulnerable, right? Having to ask myself 14 hours of hard questions every single day, with you know, all the tools that I have in my toolbox, which are pretty prolific now after running as long as I have and, and working with my sports psychologist as much as we are when it comes to mental mapping and building and safety spaces and, you know, my four animals that are running with me at all times, all the, all the things, you know, and there's a lot of really good tools, but ultimately it's going to be me that has to implement those tools. And, right. and I'm amazed that I've done as well in the sport for as long as I have being as, I don't want to say as broken, but I give up more than most people will ever give up. Mm-hmm. And, and I hate that about myself. And I feel like now I'm in a space where I'm not giving up and it, it feels pretty, pretty rad. Okay. So how let's get kind of like into the nuts and bolts here. How have you prepared for the run this time? Again, like what have you kept the same from the last time and what, what did you change? Yeah. So 
I don't know, like when it comes to the physiological aspect of running, I mean, everybody who's listening, read the lore of running and then they, there it is. <laughs> Tim <right>? Noakes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. It's, it's, it's not that hard. Um, no, sorry. No, yes, it is hard, but the concepts are pretty simple. Simple. Um, yeah, 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 and there's all these different little things when it comes to adaptive modeling, and when it comes to like right now, you know, in the last number of weeks, I'm running, I don't know, like 250 kilometers a week, and I'm I'm gaining weight, which is amazing. So I'm, I'm implementing a lot a lot of new fueling models where mm-hmm. even now I'm eating every hour on the hour um, because of the mm. insulin response, and you know we we run hills wanting to run better better trail mountain races. But yet we're like, oh, yeah. In fact, the thing that most get, gets most of us in during these long endurance events is our gut. Yep. Why are we training that? You know, so just eat more food. You know, it's, it's, it's not that complicated and it's kind of fun. It is kind of fun to eat every hour. It is, it is a lot of fun. <laughs> well, yeah, and if you're going to lose 35 pounds, you can afford to put on a few extras before yeah, oh, you Oh, yeah. Start, yeah and that's the imagine. thing, too. I don't want to start losing weight before I lose more weight, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I was going to ask. Are you thinking of this like you know how a marathoner might carb up in their lead up to the marathon and at least the, the few days in advance or a week? Are you thinking of this like an extended carb up? phase because we're two weeks out two and a half weeks out or is it more just the mechanics of training your gut to accept as many calories as possible i think it's the mechanics and the capillary growth and the gastric emptying and all that stuff and so you know like what's great is i can train that at the same time as running a lot because the two things offset themselves um and so that's great when i'm tapering i'm gonna have to pull back on the food or else i'm gonna get real fat Okay, so hold on. You're two weeks out from this race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what what do you define as a taper? I was going to ask you, are you even going to taper? So what is that going to look like? Yeah, so yeah. So, you know, this week is going to be about 100 miles, so 160 kilometers. So it's not like what it was last week. And then half of that again, um, cut, okay, cut that so by half, weeks. so about 80 kilometers. Yeah. So you're running, you know, very little. And so you're running every, every day, but you're not running a lot. But that's also still the normal ratio for any taper, like cut your mileage by, by at least a third and then by 50% of that. And then you're, you know, you're ready for the race. So, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And outside of that, you know, I've been getting a lot more treatment. There's not really a lot that's different. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think one of the big things is, you know, I'm seeing a sports psychologist this time around and, and that just pays dividends. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I know just from my own personal racing experience that I give up a lot and I get frustrated and I get, you know, and it's, it's, it's a game of giving up, you know, you kind of push the limits and then then you give up. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's the second time. And I was going to go back to that, but now that you've just like opened the door wide open here. So, um, you give up, like, I know there's people listening to this thinking like you give up in running, like really? Like, mm-hmm. tell us how that shows up for you, because from the outside, I don't think there is a person that would say, oh, yeah, Dave Proctor, he like just gives up all the time in running. So yeah. so um, what do you mean when you say that? Yeah, I mean, like, OK, so let's go back and talk about Big's Backyard in, in Tennessee in October. I was having a really great race and, and everything was going according to plan, even though like what the hell is a plan on day two yeah. and day three and day four and stuff. So, you know, and for our listeners, uh, Big's Backyard or Backyard Racing is you run a a 4.18 mile loop every hour on the hour 
until you can't. And so, you know, the field was stacked. It just goes to show like the quality of runners in the world, but also just the grit out there. And it's really cool. I remember even showing up, you know, at like 13 hours in at the start line and, you know, 13 hours at the beginning of like a race like this, where this is going to go on for days and days, 13 hours is just the beginning. But keep in mind as well, too, you've run for 100 kilometers already. Like everybody, that's that's a long run. I think the, the rest of the world looks upon runners, the, the, the according to Walters of the world and the Michael mm-hmm. Wardians and on and so forth, as, you know, they don't tire like the rest of us. Right. That's that's bull crap. They, they still do. human. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember I went into the starting corral and I looked at Courtney and I looked at Maggie and, and the group and I said, you guys look like a bag of smashed assholes. You guys all look absolutely <laughs> terrible. And, you know, and they looked at me and they said, yeah, you don't look so good either. And I said, yeah, it's, this is actually quite good. This makes me feel pretty good about myself because I don't feel so good, but we're going to be out here for a while. But I remember I got, I surpassed the 40 hour mark and there were only 12 runners left. And, you know, I don't think I looked any better than anybody else, but I don't think I looked any worse than anybody else. And I was running well, like I was doing okay, but you know, it's a game of quitters. And I remember I made two mistakes. Number one, I, I congratulated myself for getting into the 40th hour, you know, which is so stupid. Don't ever congratulate yourself <laughs> in the middle of a race because you've got a long ways to go. And number two, mm-hmm. I said, okay, so I've been running all day, all night, all day, and then into the middle of the next night and I'm tired and I'm hungry and I'm sore and I'm, I'm, I'm all the things, but I know if I'm going to win this race, which I know I could do. I would have to do all of that all over again. So finish off the night into the next day, into the next night, into the next day, and into the next night again, because it's going to go for another 40 to 60 hours. I know that. And it did. Harvey Lewis won it in 85 hours. And so I asked myself, how do I feel about that? How the hell do you think you feel about that? Like, (laughs) it's It's the wrong question. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I don't feel good at all about this. And so I just quit out there. And then it spirals, right? Like as soon as you ask a question like that, then you're out of the present and you're looking ahead to the, oh, I can't possibly do that. And and then you let the competition or other people's expectations of you perhaps like get in your head and fester, right? Yeah. There's no coming back. Yeah. Well, in all fairness, she asked you, you know, you quit. You specifically choose races like pigs that are yeah. last man standing races where everybody but the winner quits. Oh, so, absolutely. you know, it's going to happen. Not that that's the only type of race you do, but it's just a matter of when and why. Right. Yeah. And, you know, during yeah. 100 mile races or whatever, there's, yeah. you know, some hill climbs or whatever yeah. that you pull back on. There yeah. are some opening yeah. sessions that yeah. you. So there, there's little quits here and there. And sometimes you're the only one that knows, right? It's like, you know, that in that little section, like I kind of pulled back and I took my foot off the gas and no one else would know. And everyone else is saying, wow, great job. I can't believe it. Like I could never do that. Like it doesn't matter because you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know. And, but I find what's weird about a lot of time, the ultra running communities are like, no, I'm super tough. I never quit. And I'm like, oh, come on. We all quit. How do you define it? It's just yeah, right. And yeah, you, you've got to own that, and and you got to yeah. understand that we we all do it. We all have that voice in our head, mm-hmm. but then there are other voices in our head as well too. Yeah, hence the sports psychology. Yeah, yeah hence yeah, the exactly. sports psychology. And so when yeah. you're thinking about 
your run across Canada and mm-hmm. the 72 days, like you're not thinking about day 72 on mm-hmm. day one or, or, no. you know, day 30, you're just thinking about that day. Is that one of the tools? Like just back to he- the here and now, back to the here and now, like this step. Yeah. You know, like there's some really cool mindfulness practices out there that runners, you know, especially, you know, or any type of endurance athlete, I think that could, you know, definitely benefit from, you know, there's some simple practices. Um, you know, I, I'll say the one, you know, acceptance, you know, like, come on, you have to accept your current state. The moment that you don't accept this is you're kind of screwed. You're wasting energy on resistance. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But you, you know, I think parents do it all the time with screaming babies and puke everywhere. You have to accept your current state. Yeah. You don't have to like it, but you have to accept it. Exactly. 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 I think there's a number of different practices, you know, like the art of letting go. But, you know, I think the one biggest kind of mindset practice that you can fall into at any one moment just by taking a deep breath in and being within your breath in the moment out there is simply that there is no race. I, I know this this is going to sound completely ridiculous coming from, from somebody who races races and wins races or Canadian records or whatever, is the art of non, non-striving. Okay, I think the yeah. thing that really screws us over is that we, we try too hard and we, we, we see a finish line, we try to get there. And all you can really do is you can be here now. Yeah. And are, are you okay? And, 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 you know, take a deep breath and be as present as you can be. Like I keep thinking, I'm going to run across Canada with a lot of moments. And I, I have to have a lot of really good, healthy, safe, um, deliberate, consistent moments out there where I'm not, I'm not catastrophizing. I'm stable. I can take a deep breath and there's no amount of rain. There's no amount of wind because I'm here and I, I don't have to be good. I don't have to be bad. I just have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you're done and you eat your body's weight worth of food and you go to bed and you yeah. wake up and you have a lot of moments again. But there is there is an element of of like holding two opposing things though at mm-hmm. once, right? Because you talk about not striving and just being here now and you got to get across the country in a mm-hmm. set time and you've got to run it, the way you're doing it is aiming for that 105 kilometers a day. So there is mm-hmm. a goal. Mm-hmm. Is it is it that on the way to getting to the goal, you're not being led by the goal, you're being led by what's happening in this moment? Yeah, the journey and the experiences. I'm, I'm, I'm put upon this planet to do this. I know this. And I know it's, I'm not curing cancer. I know I'm not doing, but yet for whatever reason, this is meaningful to me and this is meaningful Mm -hmm. work. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a journey. And when I get out there and I'm running and I I have a plan, I can't just zone out and not eat. I can't zone out and run too fast or run too slow or whatever. You plan the run, you run the plan, you don't fall in love with the plan. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think there's, a point in time when you're out there and you relinquish control and you just say, okay, you know what? I'm here and this is good enough. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know that I'm more than capable of breaking this trans speed record. I know that this is going to be one of these things that I look back upon, but I know that I wouldn't be capable if I tried hard or if that makes sense. Yeah. Try less and I just need to be more. Yeah. I love yeah. It. Right. 
you're talking about different types of suffering and, you know, what you're going to be experiencing. I truly feel it is, it's a privilege to choose your suffering, right? Mm -hmm. When you can actually Mm -hmm. choose it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a, I don't know. It's not really a first word problem, but it's kind of similar to that kind of comment, right? Like Mm -hmm. really you're choosing Mm -hmm. to run across Canada. You're choosing your suffering at the same time, you know, you, you experienced some physical suffering back the first mm-hmm. time that you attempted your run across Canada, the low back pain that, mm-hmm. that had a large part of your need to stop. Um, mm-hmm. You didn't choose that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm wondering what you might have, you know, this, I'm just going to take us back a little bit to the, the approach to this, what you might have done differently this time to hopefully not experience that this time around. Like, how is your back? Back is doing great. Um, took me probably a year to recover from. But anybody who's out there that sees physiotherapists on the regular, do your do the do the duty. When they say do an hour of your work every day, do two, right? And you know, like let's face it, I was running and 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 is you know doing as much as I was before, so I put that same amount of time into into rehab. So what was rehab? Like, did you focus on strength? Did you focus on more mobility work? Like, I mean, just high level. We don't need every exercise that you did. But like, what what was the major theme that that you feel you're stronger going into this with it when it comes to your back? Yeah, strength. Yeah. yeah. Having, you know, stability there. You know, you know, I think that most runners kind of fall into that trap, including myself, where you're like, hey, I'm strong. I can run. Are you? You know, are you? Are you? Do you really? You know, can you really shoot a you know, a, a cannon from a canoe. Um, right. You really can't, right? We, we touched on this the first time we had you on the podcast, but yeah, I just wanted to yeah, bring absolutely. up that again. I mean, we are physios. We have to like put a plug right. in there for it doesn't oh, happen totally, by accident, totally. right? It's right. like you right. have to be very intentional uh, right. about some of that that background. Yeah, my mobility practices aren't aren't substantial um, because people who run long and slow, you know, we, we don't go through a great range of motion, right? Yeah. But we do need mm-hmm. to be quite stable uh, from yeah. our big toe to our, you know, all the joints in our feet and our ankles up through our hips and, and core and all those beautiful tissues. And, and yeah, it, it, was a, it was a hard lesson to learn. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, I'm feeling a lot more stable these days and, and strong and, and, and capable. And I'm a massage therapist as well, too. And so I always find I get caught into my own practice where I'm like, hey, I just need to release more tissue. Right. You know, why do I need to keep releasing tissue? Because it's not strong enough. Um, yeah. So, you know, let's let's just, you know, back up a let's second. Let's just not make the tissue so tight in the first place, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. That would be strong wonderful, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So you've mentioned your your crew, your four animals. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I have to imagine there's going to be uh, more people joining you than that. So what does mm-hmm. that look like? like on the logistical level and then just who is physically supporting you through this. Uh, can you talk to us about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this time around, I've just went and got um, a lot of, you know, uh, sponsors to, to, to help me pay for this event. And so I've got, you know, all my, you know, the, you know, ultra running and, and Aspen Leaf Energy, and I've got Coros, and I've got, you know, the, the long list of the performance tea, all the sponsors that have come, come forward and really supported me through, through getting here. Um, you know, my girlfriend, Lana Ray, has been doing the vast majority of, of um, logistics. Um, she's kind of taken things over and has been a, a real, real taskmaster. And it's, it's incredible work. Like, she's so detailed. She's, you know, calling ahead to these hotels and 
you know, it's like, I don't know, just the detailed work that she's doing is it's yeah. spectacular. And it's going to really, you know, um, ease my mind out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's going to come on and crew at the very beginning. We're going to fly out to St. John's together. And she's going to crew in between St. John's and Fredericton. What that means is last time we had two RVs that were wrapped. We had events that we drove through. We stopped and shook mayor's hands and politicians. There's none of that. That, that sounds exhausting. So much extra energy. <laughs> yeah. So this time around, we're renting a car. We're dropping it off in Regina. I mean, like it's it's pretty simple stuff. Okay. And I'm going to implement the same thing that we did before because it really works where I run 20 kilometers. And, and so Lana Ray will drive up ahead and park on the side of the road 20 kilometers and I'll just stop and grab new food, drink and, and, and everything, sunscreen, mm-hmm. all the things. And then she'll drive up ahead another 20 and then she'll drive up ahead 10 and 10 and 10 and 10 and then five, 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 five until you're done the day. And do you have a way of contacting her, like just in case something happens when she's up ahead? Do you have a cell phone or something with you? Yeah, too? I've got a cell phone with me at all times. I'm going to have a live tracker. Our, our live tracker is going to be found on performancetea.com website. So we can track you? Yeah, you bet. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody, it's so funny. I love watching those blue dots travel. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's mesmerizing. <laughs> yes. It's like you would it's think it's not addictive. fun, but it's kind of fun. Oh, it is. Yes. yes. Totally fun. <laughs> Yeah, Lana Ray is going to be crewing between St. John's and Fredericton. Right. And then she's going to fly out. And my friends Myron uh, Tetro and Wayne Godet are going to fly in and crew me between Fredericton and Ottawa. And then they're going to fly out. My brother Dan Proctor is going to fly in from Ottawa and do the long section from Ottawa to Thunder Bay. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a long section. Yeah. And he's going to fly out. And then uh, Joe Gagnon, my, my co-host and good buddy, um, for my podcast is flying into Thunder Bay and he's going to go from Thunder Bay to Winnipeg. And then Matt Shepard, really strong ultra yeah, runner, okay, uh, is going to yeah. go from uh, Winnipeg to Regina. Then uh, Mike Huber and Joel Campbell are going to go from Regina to Calgary. And then Lana's going to jump back on again and Lana Ray's and I are going to go all the way to Victoria. So this way around, we're going to have a lot of different characters. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's so different and they're going to bring something very unique and as sexy as you think, like going out and crewing me across the country, it's not, you know, you're You're parking on the side of a highway and you're waiting for a skinny runner to run in and then I'm grumpy and all these different things. So (laughs) at the end of every week, when these runners are like, Hey, you know, this is so fun. At the end of the week, they're like, hey, this is not fun anymore. I want to go. And then the new crew comes in. They're like, hey, this is super fun. I'm like, yeah, okay, great. Yeah. And then, you know, they they help out for a week. And, then and so it out, goes. So. This yeah. reminds me a lot of uh, Scott Jurek's telling of his Appalachian Trail FKT in the book North right. and how his wife was his sole crew member. And then he had all these characters. He called them characters showing up oh, yeah. <laughs> to run with him certain sections. And and yeah, he was kind of grumpy at times too. I imagine it happens oh, to everybody. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, and, and I forgot to mention as well too, uh, Vera Nevrakevich, um is a film producer. She's going to be making a feature length documentary the whole time. So so, you know, it's going to be one of those things, like, it's not just, you know, me and my moods and on and so forth. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. the the crew and, and bringing the, the party and lifting me up when I need to be lift up and calming when I, when I need to calm. 
And did you have those people, like, is it a very specific order that you chose knowing mm, like, oh, question. I might feel like this at this point, And that's when I really want to see Myron, or that's when I really think I need to see this other person. Yeah. for There was a couple, a couple of the crew members that they were like, yeah, you know, my schedule is short and I, I can only do this. And you're like, okay, cool. I guess so. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but there were a couple that were, you know, like namely, you know, Lana Ray, you know, she's come into my life and, you know, she's, you know, my complete soulmate and I want to share everything with her. Now I would love to kidnap her and take her away from her job and her life for, <laughs> yeah. for 66 days, but you know, I, I can't, uh, she's got to work. Somebody, somebody around here has got to work. And, um, but I want to share the beginning and I want to share the end with her, um, because that's, that means a lot to me. And, and then, you know, Ontario, that was my brother. Um, because, you know, my brother's my best friend, you know, we've gone, we've gone through everything together. It's just me and him. And I don't know, I want to share, I want to have that experience with him in a very dark place. And uh, yeah, there's nothing against uh, Ontario, but it just goes on forever. And mentally, like once you get in Mm -hmm. there, it's like 20 Mm -hmm. days of running. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I have a feeling things are going to get pretty hard. I get tired driving across Ontario. Yeah. And I think I'm going to want my brother there to, yeah. to hold me and to, to tell me it's going to be okay. He's, he's my big brother, you know? So are these people just driving the van and, and going up and then you only see them for that little bit of time where you fuel up on stuff or whatever? Is anyone actually going to run with you? Yeah. So like take Myron um, and Wayne, you know, they're both training for 24 hour races. So they said, Dave, can we like run the whole day with you? Mm-hmm. Like one, you know, Myron said he wants to run 50 kilometers a day. And then when he's done, Wayne will jump out and do 50 kilometers. So, so I'll, I'll be running with somebody that entire day. Um, yeah. yeah so and I bet like, when you get to Alberta, all kinds of people are going to come. Oh out, yeah. Right? Yeah. Things might get a little bit busy. And I don't even know how, if it's going to get really busy this time, because like last time we had all these public announcements and yeah. we were all over you know, like Stephanie Gillis Polgar did an incredible job of like blanketing the world of like Outrun Rare. And, you know, it was it was alarming how many people showed up on the side of the road wanting to run with me. And this mm-hmm. time nobody knows about it, which is really cool. But it's also it's like, until they I, I, hear you on the Inspired Souls podcast. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, it's it's one of those things that like I really enjoyed running with people out there. So, you know, to all the listeners, come on out and run with me when you see my 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 live tracker come close Blue to dot. your... Well, yeah, we'll come hey. out in Winnipeg. Hey. I'm in totally. Winnipeg. Kim's yes. in Calgary. Yeah. yeah Winnipeg we'll is out. actually kind of a confusing city to run through. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah where are you going to go? Around? the three like, rivers and the, yeah. all the bridges and Yeah, I was so lucky and... that last time, you know, uh, Jeremy Woolward... Um, you know, he, I've never met this guy and he, I saw him on the east side of Winnipeg and he was like, Hey, do you want me to run you through? I'm like, yeah, because I'm looking yeah. at the mapping. This looks really confusing. Like the roads don't go north and south and, and east and west. Mm-hmm. They, they're all like jaggedy and weird. And, yes. Yes. and so, yeah. and so he ran me through and thank God. And he's, he's going to run me through again this time. And so oh, maybe I, I could hook you guys up and, 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 and yeah. yeah, well, he, we had him on the podcast. Yeah, we should look up the number. Yeah. He was like Jeremy. early yeah. on, even before you actually. Yes. 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 Oh, I'll come okay. out and never oh. even thought. So you wouldn't mind that. Oh, I, I love that stuff. Hopefully yeah. I can keep up with you. 
<laughs> you know, and it's, 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 it's one of those things, it's, it's not as fast as you think. It's like a six minute, six minute and 15 okay, seconds. Okay, I can do that. Pace. I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Well, Dave, we've covered a lot of ground already in in this hour or so that we spent with you. Let's let's just close with asking you, you know, what are you most excited about when it comes to this adventure that you're about to embark? I always thought that I would become when I did, you know, like what kind of man am I going to become when I get to the finish line? And that but that also, you know, kind of tells me that I'm I'm not that man already. And that I'm void of something, right? And so I've come to grips with that, you know, I'm already that person. And getting there is an inevitability. So ultimately, it's it's proving it to myself that I'm that guy. And that I'm strong. And that I'm capable. And that I'm a dragon. And I feel like this is my time to really show up for myself. I just know that when I arrive in Victoria, I'm going to be really damn proud of myself that, you know, I believed in myself enough to do this. Excellent. Well, we'll be very much looking forward to following along both with the blue dot and potentially with you on the road. Uh, A reminder that um, people can follow along on the link on the Performance Tea website. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'll try and link to that in our show notes. And can you just recap, you're planning on running 105 kilometers a day with a rough goal of how many days? Yeah, 66 days and change. Okay, so you're not just planning on on just beating the record, but beating yeah. it by almost a week. So yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm capable of that, and and I would love to pick it up halfway, but we'll see. I'll yeah. have to get halfway yeah. to 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 find out. Might be okay. right around Winnipeg. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, uh, it, it thrills me to know that uh, you're open to people coming out and maybe running a little bit with you. So maybe yes, we'll please. we'll get to meet in person soon. Yes, please. Best of luck. I, I yes. shouldn't say that. Trust your training. I never I never tell not my luck. own athletes yeah. good luck. Like you've <laughs> done the work. You've done the work, not just physically. It sounds like you've done the work mentally and spiritually and all of it, mm-hmm. right? So um, have fun out there. And uh, we're, we're so glad that you've come to this realization that you are worth it and you're doing this for you. So best of luck and uh, and have fun. Thanks, girls. 